Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. In light of all the things that's been going on in our country and in our culture, I want to share with you some basic biblical truths about what it's going to take to have a blessed home and a blessed family, a blessed community, and a blessed nation. It goes back to what God had already ordained that we have fathers and mothers in the family that will build a strong family. As we have just celebrated Father's Day, it is time for us to implement some of the characteristics of God, our Father, in being sure that our home and our family represents the kingdom of God. We honor and encourage every father to be like our Heavenly Father. Come and go with us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm not just down and out. I'm not downcast. I'm not oppressed and depressed. I am a royal priest. So you start acting like, you you know, if you don't have any money when you go somewhere, you can act like you got some money. And you'll get treated different if you act like you got some. But folks know you're broke when you come in because you're looking down at the floor, you're scratching your head, and you're trying to say, ah, well, all right. No, you don't have to do that. Walk in there. Walk upright and say, you know, I don't know whether I'm going to buy something here or not. (laughs) My sister-in-law a few years ago went to the Rolls Royce dealer, and she said, my father told me I can have anything I want, so I'm coming to look at one of these cars. He didn't tell him her father was God. <laughs> she didn't say. <laughs> so I come to look at her. She said, oh, yes, well, come right on in. Well, she comes on in. She's riding around in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> well, I don't think I want this for today. I'll come back and look at something else later. <laughs> you got to change your language. I mean, speak properly later. I was telling someone that a few years ago, Pastor Jack and I went to a little restaurant. That was, uh, we hadn't been married long, and. It was one of those that had white tablecloths and the the maitre d's and the waiters had on tuxedos. And we had ordered, and before they came and brought the uh, food, I just wanted them to know. I said, listen, I have a coupon. (laughs) And the maitre d' said, I will pick up the certificate later. I said, oh, yeah, it's a certificate over here. I'm learning to talk. It's a coupon at McDonald's. It's a certificate over here. Yes, I have a certificate, sir. So you can act like you're raw. Y'all start acting like it. Start acting like you're walking in righteousness. Start acting like God is your father. Start acting like God is going to bless you. Start acting like it. Don't walk around like you're just down and out and nothing's going to happen. Just act like it. Don't let them see you sweat. Talk like it. You'll be surprised what doors open for you. You are royal priesthood, he said. First of all, you're chosen. And secondly, you've been made a royal priest. And then thirdly, he says, you are a holy priest. Nation, you're a holy nation. Now, notice that God's going to call you what you are before you even start functioning like what you are. 
He said, once you get saved, I have chosen you. You are royal priest and you are a holy nation, a holy people. That means I have set you apart for my use. I've set you apart. Now, you might not be functioning like that, but you're still holy. God stamped holy on your forehead and you need to start walking like who you are. And I guarantee you, we did this exercise a couple of years ago. If you put holy on you and walk around on your job, you'll act different. Just put your sign on yourself. Say, I am holy. And the folks will help you to be holy. (laughs) They're going to say, why are you talking like that? Ain't you supposed to be holy? Why are you looking at that magazine? You supposed to be holy. What you doing up here in the men's club? You supposed to be holy. I know you're not in the liquor store. (laughs) You supposed to be holy. And God says you are a holy nation. You are a people. Fourthly, you are a people belonging to God. Now in the King James, he used the word you are a peculiar people. Now you need to know who you are. You are a peculiar people. And once you start having an understanding who you are, you start functioning like that. Now I used to get so frustrated at my father because he would spend hours and hours telling us who we were and who we were not. Why are you going over this again? He said, you're a hard-working man. You're a working person. You're a believer. You're going to love God. You're going to work hard. You're going to take care of your home. You're going to take care of your family. That's what you do. That's who you are. You're a Martin. You got a reputation. But you know what we do? You know what my wife said? You work hard. <laughs> All of your brothers work hard. All of your family work hard because he kept saying, that's who you are. Now, we weren't that when he was telling us that. But that's who you are. You're not broke. You're not somebody on the receiving end all the time. You are productive. You are a business person. You are going to produce something. You're not going to be the renter. You're going to be the landlord. That's what he used to say. You're not the renter. You're the landlord. You're the owner. You ain't on the bottom. Don't you wish somebody had to drill that into you? Back in the 50s, he said, no, he was renting a little barber shop. He says, no, I can't rent this. The next thing you know, he bought him a place, and instead of being a renter, now he's renting the chairs out to somebody else. Then he bought this, and he bought that, and he bought this. I'm not on the bottom. We're going to be on the top of this system right here. I don't care whether we're in fifth ward. I don't care whether we colored. But I also, even in that, I had to teach my kids, listen, I'm going to tell you who you are. So you got to know who you are. And you need to know who you are in Christ. Because somebody keep telling you who you are. And the next thing you know, one year you're happy and you got the double anointing. The next year you don't have that. The next year you got a supernatural anointing. And one year you're going through the veil. All kind of stuff going on. You need to get behind the veil so you can get your good. Next thing you got seed time and harvest. Next thing you know you got this or that or the other. No, know who you are. I am a chosen generation. I'm a royal priest. I'm a holy nation. I belong to God. And I move what God tells me to move. I know who I am. You don't have to tell me who I am. I know who I am. I go to places, I get invited. I don't know, I must have board members stamped on my forehead because I get invited to be on these different boards. And you got a bunch of millionaires and a couple of billionaires sitting up in there. And I told them, I'm right in here with y'all. <laughs> they said, would you introduce yourself? I said, all right. You know, that, that, that's when you got to fix your mouth. 
I didn't tell him I was from Fifth Ward. I told him I was from north of downtown. <laughs> from north of downtown. We, we grew up near the downtown area in a low rise. <laughs> but the Lord says we are a peculiar people. Now, that word peculiar today means odd and strange, but it's not the use of that word here. The Greek word for that peculiar means we are unique. We are private. We are the personal ownership of God, the saints, under the personal ownership of God. It literally meant in Greek to make around, to, to make something and then to surround it with a circle indicating your ownership. This is mine. God says, see these people? These are mine. These are my treasured possessions. Each saint is God's unique possession, just as if you were the only saint in his existence. You are special to God. That's why when you're going through something, you just need to remind God, God, I'm yours. I am yours. You're in charge of all of this. I'm giving it to you. That's why Peter says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Cast your cares upon the Lord. You belong to him. And then after telling us who we are, Peter then tells us what we ought to do as a result of being chosen. He says we ought to declare, or King James says, show forth God's praises. We ought to show forth his praises. The word show forth, it refers to a spoken message. Show forth don't mean somebody ought to just be able to look at me and tell. It means it is a spoken message. Because of what God has done, we ought to lift our voices and tell of the magnificent things that God has done. You ought to tell somebody. Listen, because of who we are and what God has done for us, we ought to tell somebody. I don't know if I, I feel open enough and I'm an introvert and I don't know if I could just tell somebody. No, don't be lying like that. You talk all the time. You talk about stuff that you know that you're interested in. You talk about scandal. You talk about the shows you watch on TV. You talk about your sports team. You talk about the sale that you just got when you got a good deal. You talk about that all the time. Talk about Jesus. Show forth the praises of him. Believers ought to publish abroad. That's what he's saying. Publish abroad. Blow it up. Talk about what God has done for you. You ought to speak of his praises, not your own praises, but his. Show forth the praises of God. The word praises is not the word customarily used as singing, but that which means his excellences, his gracious dealing, his glorious attributes. We ought to be telling others of what God has done for us. More people will come to Christ when the Christians and the believers will begin to talk of God's goodness in our lives. Somebody's going to overhear you and say, how can I get in on that? How can I get in on that? A guy knocked on my door one time when I was working for the corporation I was working for and says, I I'm sorry, but I overhear you on the phone buying stocks. And it seemed like every time you buy stocks, they go up. And every time you sell them, they go down. I've been watching. See, he was overhearing my praise. He wanted to get in on what was going on. And when somebody can hear you say, let me tell you what God has done for me. I was going through something, but God opened that door. After a while, somebody's going to say, you know, I'm going through something too. And let me go over here and see how, how this thing works. Now, I, I'm sorry. I hate to just barge in on you, but I couldn't help but hear you. 
talking to somebody about what God was doing. And can you tell me how do I need to get in with God just like you in with God? Say, honey, you need to come out of darkness into your marvelous light. That's what Peter says. God has brought you. Then he goes, what God has done for the believer, he says in this passage, God has called us. Now, he had called us, but he said he called you out of darkness into his wonderful, marvelous light. And we ought to serve as witnesses of what God has done. He called me out of darkness. Peter was referring to an Old Testament scripture in the book of Hosea that said, I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people, and they will say you are my God. Now, you'd have to read the book of Hosea to see what God was talking about. God told Hosea to marry this woman, and she was a whore. And he told her to marry her. And he said, I don't roll like that. He said, yeah, marry her. And he married her, and when he had a baby, they had to name the baby, not mine. That was the baby's name, not mine. She was a prostitute. She went off, and the Lord told him, go get her back. And he said, what I want you to do, I want you to feel what I feel when I got some people that start doing like your wife do, and they leave me, and they go off whoring to other gods. And so you're going to be able to preach this message, brother, by the time you get through dealing with your wife. You're going to know exactly how I feel. When you start preaching, you're going to have some passion on that message. But then he goes and says, so I will plant for her in, in the land. I will show my love to the one I call not my love. That's his wife. And I will say to those called not my people. I will say that. I will say, okay, now you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. In other words, God said, I'm going to call you out of that darkness you're in. And I'm going to bring you into my marvelous light. I'm going to call you out of darkness. Now, you might not have thought you were in darkness while you were in darkness. But all of us who are saved, he called us out of darkness. As you look around, you might not think of it this way, but all the stuff that's going on, when, when somebody can walk up into a school and begin to shoot people at random, that's darkness that they're walking in. That's darkness. When somebody go into a movie theater and just start shooting people, that's darkness. When somebody is trafficking young girls and selling them as prostitutes as young as eight, nine years old, that's darkness that they're doing that. When somebody's sleeping with somebody and they're not married to them, and they think that's okay. That's darkness. God is saying, no, no, no. That's not the way that's supposed to go. I didn't set it up like that. I set it up. And the first thing I did was say, let there be light. And I put these people in some light. And now they're walking in some darkness. I don't know how they got there. But they need some light. When you're lying and stealing and cheating. You're living in life of darkness when you're separated from God. You're in darkness when you're a sinner. You're walking in darkness and you think you can make it, but you can't make it. You just got comfortable in the darkness. You've got comfortable just like I can get up in the middle of the night and you can too in your bedroom and you don't have to turn on the light to go to the restroom because you're used to walking in that area in the dark. You just think you just made it. But every once in a while, the other night, I hit my toe and I had to reaffirm that I was saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Yee. 
I said, I know I'm saved. In the middle of the night, and that's what happened to you when you walk in darkness. You're going to run over something. You're going to run into something. You're going to wonder how I got into this ditch. How I got into this problem. How I got into this addiction. How I got into this bad relationship. How I got into this bad finances. How I got here. How did I get here? You've been walking in darkness. Doctors referred to the time when his readers were pagan and ignorance of God's provisions and salvation. And here's what Paul said in the book of Romans. You see, just at the right time when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Rarely would anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us while we were still in sin. He died for us. He didn't wait for us to try to get better, to do better. He knew we couldn't get better on our own. We was either going to be in darkness or we're going to have to be in the light. And it takes the power of God to break the power of darkness in our lives and bring us over into the light. There's no middle ground. There's no shade that we need to stand in. We need to either be in the light of God. So he bring us out of the darkness. And if you're saved, he brought you out of the darkness. Stop looking back into the shade. Stop looking back over there in that dark area, wondering, because the devil going to make you think you had a good time over in the dark. When you're in the darkness, you go by the voices that you hear. Oh, this is okay. This is good. And aren't we having a good time? Oh, we roll like this. We rock like this. This is the way we do the thing. Yeah, it's your, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. You listen to all those messages. Somebody's preaching to you all the time. They're preaching to you through the media and the messages that you hear all the time. Your favorite singer, your rapper, whoever's talking to you, he's preaching to you a message that keep you walking in darkness. Yeah, it don't matter. You can be with who you want to be with. You can be with two men and a woman. We can be with a woman and a man. You can be this and that. Who cares? That ain't nobody's business. Just walking like this. It's all darkness. You're listening to the voices and you're thinking. And, and if the light came on, you could see. Say, what am I doing in this mess? This don't even look right. When you're in darkness, you can't see. You're not walking by what you see. You're just feeling your way around and then doing the best you can. Peter calls it his marvelous light. He brought us into the marvelous light. I remember the day that I came to the Lord. It almost just like a burden just lifted from me and things began to look a lot different when I came to the Lord and I started walking with the Lord. Uh, things looked a lot different. And somebody said, you can't go to the club no more, can you? I said, yes, I can go to the club, but I don't have a desire to. It's not what I can't do. I don't have a desire to go to the club no more. You can't party like you used to. Yeah, I can party like I used to, but I'm doing it at the church high. I can still dance. You can still shout. You can still have a good time. Just bring it over to the house of the Lord. Dance for the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Have a good time. I, I said, Lord, I don't want to do more for the devil than I'm going to do for the Lord. I don't want to give more to the devil than I did for the Lord. The devil had a good soldier when I was with him. He hated to lose me. I was a general. <laughs> and some of you were generals. Some of you might have even been the president. <laughs> but he didn't want to lose me because I was out there. I was on the front line. I've been to church all my life. I ain't got time to go to church no more. I'm going to church. I grew up in church. I ain't going. So now y'all know why my mother prayed for me so hard. <laughs> 
But I was walking in darkness. And the darkness was good. I liked that darkness. I liked hanging out on Sunset Strip. All those kind of things. I'm sitting up on the dating game in Hollywood. I'm on TV. Soul Train came and said, would you want to be one of the Soul Train dancers? I said, no. Too many saints watch TV in Houston. I'm going to lay low on that one. I thought that was the good life. I thought that was really living. I thought partying was the thing. But I was in darkness. But I came to the point, I said, Lord, I can't find my way. I have no fulfillment. This is not a life. Where am I going with this? Where is this taking me? I mean, I was on a good job, but where, where is life going? There's got to be something else to life than just going through this routine of going through the same old thing and the same old thing. This is not fulfilling at all. And then he came and brought me out of darkness and put me in his marvelous light. And I said, I'm alive. I'm alive again. I got purpose. I know where I'm going. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me out of that darkness. And that's what he want to do. With God's light, we can now see. With God's light, we can now walk upright. With God's light, we can show others the way to eternal life. With God's light, we can avoid eternal death and destruction. With God's light, we can have the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Peter closed this passage with this, and I close with it. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which, is a, which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This is why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. God brought you out of darkness and placed you in his marvelous light. Now you take that light that he brought you into and you become the light of the world. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we are so thankful that you brought us out of darkness into your wonderful, marvelous light. We thank you Lord that you've chose us. We are a chosen generation. We are royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are peculiar people. We thank you Lord that you've filled us with your intent and with your purpose. Help us in this dark day, in this generation where men's heart are failing them from fear. We thank you Lord that this is our season. This is our time. Help us to rise up and allow the light to, to shine brightly around us. And we thank you so much. And we praise you in the name of Jesus. This is Jerry G. Martin. You've been listening to The Light of the World. And I certainly hope that you've been blessed by today's message. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You'll able to hear today's message and any previous messages that have aired on this station. We trust that God will continue to enrich your life as you walk in the light of his glory and his power. Jesus said he came as the light of the world, and then he says, now we are the light of the world, 
Maybe you are struggling right where you are. I want you to know that we're here to pray for you and to help you to grow spiritually. You can call us right now at our prayer line number 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. And we'll be standing by and praying for you. Maybe you want to make a decision for Christ today. We're here to stand with you and help you to walk through that. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. Each Sunday morning, we're meeting in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road at 10 o'clock a.m. Or join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, come to our campus. The Beacon is right here. We have books, Bibles, church, and communion supplies. Call The Beacon, 281-441-2885, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.